latest episode of Public Power Now features a conversation between Joy Ditto, President and CEO of the American Public Power Association, and Tangela Johnson, consultant, executive coach, speaker, and author. In their conversation, Joy and Tangela discuss workforce and corporate culture. With that, let's hear more from Joy and Tangela. Hi, I'm Joy Ditto, President and CEO of the American Public Power Association, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Public Power Conversations. In an era of continual evolution and disruption, thoughtful leadership on today's shifting workforce will help future-proof businesses across all industries. The volume of societal and technological changes has created opportunities for both employers and employees, but who will have the courage and capacity to drive change amidst the chaos? Here to discuss workforce and corporate culture is Tangela Johnson. She's a consultant, executive coach, speaker, and author who focuses on corporate culture and leadership with a goal of building high-performing, sustainable cultures where innovation and excellence can flourish. Tangela is affectionately referred to by her clients as the fixer, and she recently released her book, Relaxed Power, How to Live a a Purposed, Not Perfect Life. Thank you for emphasizing that, Tangela. And thank you so much for joining us today. Yay. Hey, everybody. I am excited to be here, Joy. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, I have some questions to guide the conversation, but we're free to wander off as the conversation takes us. Uh, So I'm just going to dive in. Um, So, Tangela, you have extensive experience consulting and coaching leaders across industries like healthcare, manufacturing, nonprofit groups, government, real estate, and more. So despite their inherent differences, are there any common denominators or similarities in leading workplace cultures and in recruitment practices? Wow. So that's a big question. I'll I'll go with the first thing that comes to mind to me is they all experience um, challenges when it comes to communication. Okay. Um, Communication is a foundation of trust. And so if an organization is not intentional around communication, they're going to experience challenges. We experience challenges in our day-to-day, just talking to our families, right? Just like, I've been married 30 years, and my husband and I, we're like, we get it messed up sometimes, okay? So even with our best efforts, communication is difficult. But when organizations are not communicating well with the people that do the work day in and day out, their employees, you're going to have issues. So companies that do communication well, uh, they have a better chance of building the culture that they want and need uh, to support their vision and mission. That's great. I mean, and it's funny that you're talking about your husband because I do. I, I we have the same. I, I've only been married 16 years, but yeah, same thing. I'm like, wait, what just happened? Um, and you know that old game of telephone, you know, where you also have a communication that you think is clear, but it gets to the third or fourth person and doesn't always come out the same way as you intended. So, um, really important um, mindfulness about about communication in sort of any culture is sort of what I'm hearing and. And then, you know, maybe conversely, is there anything besides maybe poor communication that 
is ubiquitous across cultures that have had that challenge or that breakdown across corporate cultures that are experiencing struggles? Are there other areas besides communication that you, that you have seen and identified? Yes. So the other one, that's a close second, is confusing um, tasks and goals with strategy. Okay. So those are not the same things. And, but we lead with tactical or this list of to-do list, or these are the, our goals. But when those goals are not married to a strategy, a strategy that supports the vision and mission, then we're just kind of doing a bunch of stuff <laughs> that may or may not advance our mission and our vision, right? So I, I equate it with like, you go to college, and I, and I used to teach uh, adjunct at a local college. And so it's, I would say to students, oh my gosh, you have all these hours. You've taken all these electives. You have, you know, you're really smart, right? But are you ever going to get a degree? So, <laughs> so it's like you take all these classes, you do all these things, you do all these tasks, but to what end, right? And so in, in that analogy, when you come up with a strategy, and that strategy, again, has to be aligned with your vision and mission, then your energy, your resources, your time, your talent, all those things are being focused on the right thing. And then the second part of that is really strategy is about gaining insight about the work that you do day in and day out taking that insight, putting it into practice to advance your vision and your mission. Amazon does a great job of that. You know, Amazon is not that, that old if you compare it to the post office. They've been around a few hundred years. But I don't know of anybody at this point who doesn't order something from Amazon at some point. They are constantly scanning their environment, looking for things that are different, changing, and then they are pivoting on that, right? So that that has to be connected to a strategy. And I, I see companies miss that all the time. Some companies will do strategic planning, and then they come up with this big report, and it's like a doorstop or something, right? Nobody ever reads it again. So, Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. And, and it also it leads me to kind of think about a nuance to that, Tangela, which is, you know, you have a strategy and then, but you're kind of refining it constantly. And I think that, you know, that pivoting that you talked about with Amazon. So it's the strategic element and then kind of continuing, going back to that communication, refining and communicating why you're refining, right? Um, which is, can be challenging too. It, it strikes me if you're not communicating why we've, we've sort of decided that strategically we're slightly changing that directionality. I don't know if you wanted to react to that, or I'm, I was just sort of thinking about that in my own arena and world about how you know how we uh, how we want to make sure we're communicating back when we have those those uh, realizations that maybe cause us to move our strategy slightly. Well, I think I mean, and this is just to to your point. Uh, I think everybody should be reassessing their business or reimagining their business based on our last couple of years, right? So if you're not thinking about that 
And, and quite frankly, thinking about it doesn't mean let's get back to what we were doing in the past. I'm not so sure that was working anyway, right? But what did we learn from the pandemic? What have we learned in the last couple of years? And so I think to, to be relevant, we have to reimagine what the future looks like. You know, that that's my opinion. And and communication is a big part of that. I mean, being able to tell your people why we're having to make these changes. You know, we're all adults. Uh, sometimes companies treat their employees like their children. We're going to do this because blah, 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 you know, whatever. No, we're all adults. Explain to me why. And oh my, since I do this 50 hours a week, every day, day in and day out, I might have some insight that could be helpful. Absolutely. That's a great point. So given some of what we've seen over the last two and a half plus years under the pandemic, what trends and in mindset and behavior are you seeing that that may have staying power? You know, we we have sort of the, the crisis mode that we're in and, and that we were in. And then what what are some of the things you're seeing that really resonate kind of beyond the pandemic that you were almost just alluding to? So I think there are themes. Um, and to be honest, not that I you know have a crystal ball, but some of these things like the great res- resignation I saw coming but that pandemic accelerated it, right? So I think maybe there are a few things that people want, but I think these are things that they've always wanted, but didn't necessarily have the voice or the vehicle to say, how do I go about doing this? Uh, One is purpose. You know, you guys are in public power, so I think you have that foundation of meaningful work. So that's a given. People that typically work in that industry they know they're not going to get rich, right? They're doing it because it's stable, because it's uh, it's work that matters. So I think that's important. I also think that people want a sense of belonging. They want to feel like they belong to something uh, that respects who they are and they can show up, right, with their full self. I think people want opportunity to grow, you know, uh, within that organization. And growth doesn't always look like, oh, I'm going to become a supervisor. Oh, I have to become CEO. That's not necessarily growth, right? So I also think people are looking for fairness and margin. And what I mean by margin is they want a quality of life. They want to um, go to their kids' baseball game. They don't want to work 60 hours a week and not have any energy to talk to their spouse or their partner. I mean, these are very basic, fundamental things that somehow I think we've kind of dismissed as important. But the pandemic, the last two years, I think they're uh, showing us (laughs) what people really want in their lives. And so for me, I'm telling my clients, you need to reimagine um, your expectations for people around work. We can still get the work done, but we need to do it in a more humane way where people feel like, you know, they're not just, their life is just flying by and they're not being a part of it. Uh, that That's great insight. And, and I'm going to move though to the other great thing, which is the great resignation, which you alluded to 
uh, earlier as well. And, and I also think of it as kind of the churn that's happening right now. And you mentioned that you had envisioned that this was going to happen even before the pandemic, but that kind of accelerator was the pandemic. So, you know, how can workers who are staying with an organization like APPAs or one of our member organizations stay motivated and eager to learn when their peers are resigning for new opportunities, which may mean they have more work on workload on them, which then impacts kind of that quality of life that you were just talking about and the balance that an employer can seek to provide while we're in this churn. It's a little bit, it feels like a little bit of a vicious circle right now um, for some who are experiencing it. So any words of wisdom there in terms of how, you know, how to keep the existing workforce motivated and focused on the mission? So it's interesting, um, you know, and I'm a country girl. I grew up in a rural area, so I'm always looking for the common sense thing, right? Um, I was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago with some small business owners in particular, and um you know, I, I just said a couple of things that kind of piqued their interest. So after the meeting, we were talking. One owns a machine shop, right? And he's really afraid of losing his employees. And he has the business. Um, he has a lot going on, a lot of opportunity in the marketplace. And the other guy, I'm not sure what business he was in, but he has like six employees. So the guy with the 20 employees who owns the, the, the business, uh, the machine shop, I said to him, and I know it sounds brilliant, but it's really not. I said to him, well, why don't you talk to your employees? He looks at me like, oh, my God. (laughs) I said, you look like a pretty nice guy. I mean, you don't look like a greedy guy, you know, whatever. You, You look like you might be, you know, pretty, pretty cool. I said, why don't you talk to your employees? And he said, seriously? I was like, yeah. I said, I'll bet between the 21 or 22 of you, you can come up with something that gets you through this hard place, right? Now, it's probably not going to be what you did in the past. Maybe it's even better than what you did in the past. And maybe together you can take this opportunity because I believe that in churn and trouble, there's always opportunity, but it's only for those who are willing to reimagine. As humans, we do two things. We remember and we imagine. We remember the past or you can reimagine the future. It's up to you. So the best advice I can give someone out there who's struggling is to get your folks together and be honest about the situation we're in and say, what is it that we can do? What does that look like for us to not only survive, but thrive in the future and learn from this experience. There's no quick fix. And I will tell you that people who work together to solve problems, that's a strong team. You know, I heard something on NPR this morning about forced fun. So you can bring in cupcakes. <laughs> Ooh, cupcakes, here we go, blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever, that's nice. I But that is not what brings people together. If I want a cupcake, I'll go buy one. Um, at work, I want to do something meaningful. I want to collaborate. I want to solve problems that make a difference. 
And if I can create an atmosphere, a culture where we do that together, now that is a powerful team. Well, and, and that actually leads, I, I'm just going to have a couple more questions um, for you. I, uh, this has been amazing so far. I love your words of wisdom and your, you know, your, pro- your pragmatism around all of this. And I'm learning a lot as we are, as we're talking too. Um, but, you know, a recent Accenture study said that only one in six workers in the U.S. feel strongly connected at work. And it kind of goes to maybe some of what you were just saying. So in addition to maybe what you mentioned just now, is there anything else that leaders should be doing to build and foster these connections to, you know, inspire folks to stay at their particular workplace? You know, um, it kind of still goes back to what I said. I'll, I'll give you an example. One of my favorite clients, I talked to her the other night, um, and, and most of my clients were clients for years simply because transforming a culture takes years. I mean, you can't like have a cupcake party, do a couple of things and flip a switch. It's, that's not how it works. It's a, it's a long journey. And the thing that I remember about her that was so awesome is she has probably about 150 employees or so. When I first met her years ago, um, she talked to every one of her employees <laughs> every single one and ask them, what is it that you need? What do you want? What does that look like? Um, And that is actually how I ended up working with them because one of the things they wanted was more leadership development, right? So through that process of, here's another thing. I think leaders take on the responsibility that they should be the grand wizard, right? They know everything, And none of us know everything. And so the weight of that, the weight and responsibility of leadership is heavy enough without you feeling like you have to know everything. Now, it is your responsibility to learn everything about your work. And you do that through your people. Um, But that's not normally what happens Right. We feel like we're less of a leader because we don't know how to solve all the problems. I'm pretty sure you don't know how to solve all the problems. I'm pretty sure I don't. Right. But I have confidence that together we are more brilliant than we are by ourselves. So having that vulnerability as a as a leader is very powerful. And like you said about my book, you know, you don't have to be perfect. And power simply means ability, right? Do you have the ability to bring people together? Do you have the ability and the authority to uh, solve problems within your organization? So again, I think we have to reimagine these things in in the foundational ways that perhaps we've been too busy trying to, you know, make the sausage sort of like Lucille Ball and her friend on the, it's like, "Ah, that's what we've been doing. And you got sausage everywhere, right? And it's not helpful. So I, I just think we need to slow down a bit and rethink. I um, Not every day, but several times a week I exercise. And sometimes this morning I went for a walk. I am more creative in that 45-minute time than I probably am the rest of the day, right? Because I am focused on solving the problem. We want to solve problems through action. We dismiss our creative brilliance 
and that collective brilliance to solve problems. So, so true. All right. So my last question um, is what advice would you give to a utility that would like to recruit a more diverse talent pool, more women, more people of color, but really doesn't know where to start to do that? Okay. So you might not like this answer. How about it? How about it? Okay. I'm going to say, look, clean up your own house. Here's why. Because if you go out and you try to attract diverse employees, right, which is what I think you should do. But if they come to your place, okay, there is no sense of belonging. There is not a sense of fairness. There is no opportunity. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to leave. Because especially Gen Z, the millennials, uh, the younger millennials, they are looking for a certain culture. If you don't have it, they will not be with you very long. And you're going to create more churn. And you're also going to create an environment where your own employees are really tired of training people and people leaving. So to me, your first step should be look internally at your own house. See if you got any bugs in the corner, any spider webs, right, that you need to deal with. And I'm not saying don't start a strategy around how do I attract, you know, uh, more diverse candidates to even apply for my, my, uh, my positions that I have open or whatever. But I'm going to do both and because it's nothing worse than spending all that time and money attracting people and you don't have the right culture to support them. Now, here's the beauty of the utility industry. You're stable. Uh, you're, you have, uh, I would think, great traditions. You're a traditional um, stalwart, right? You got all these things that are great about the utility industry. However, the things that are not so great about the utility industry, you're stable, <laughs> you're traditional, right? So you've got to leverage the things that are great about you. Be honest about where, you know, maybe the tipping point is on some things that you need to do differently. Because uh, there are great jobs that you have in your industry that literally will change people's lives for generations to come. My, my dad um, and my husband both work in craft industries. So my dad grew up super poor, but was able to get a great job that changed the whole trajectory of our family. I'm a first generation college graduate. Both my brothers went to college. There's a lot. So you um, have so much power, not to be a cliche, uh, and opportunity to change people's lives. All people, all types of people, all genders, right? So if we put our thinking cap on and our creative thinking cap on, what does that look like um, in 2022 and beyond? Yeah. Well, I think that is a great way to end um, because that's really inspirational as well. You know, build on your strengths, recognize your weaknesses that may be the same thing and um, and just move forward. Right. Um, and and that's. That's amazing. Great advice on all fronts. Tangela, I've really enjoyed talking to you and meeting you as well and look forward to maybe working with you in the future on these exciting, hard, but really exciting things. I mean, really inspiring. And um, 
it just makes me want to keep plugging even when, you know, when we do have these challenges. So again, you've inspired me and hopefully you've inspired others who are listening today. And I just want to, again, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. 